Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 862 of the Juicebox podcast. Today's guest is Kim or Kimberly. You decide what you want to call her. She is a type one diagnosed as an adult. She's a nurse. And she had a slow onset. These are the things you need to know. None of them will tell you why the episode is called what it is. But, I mean, we'll get to it. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Consider this if you would. If you are a person who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1 and you're a U.S. resident, consider going to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Join the registry. Complete the survey. When you complete the survey, your answers help type 1 diabetes research. Isn't that great? Super simple. Takes like 10 minutes. Completely HIPAA compliant. Absolutely anonymous. And it's easy. t1dexchange.org forward slash juice box. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Today's podcast is also sponsored by AG1 from Athletic Greens. Visit athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. When you get there, you'll be taking ownership over your health, and choosing to start your day the same way I do, with one delicious scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens. Athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. I'm going to start the recording if your heart's racing. Tell me what's going on now. <laughs> um, I don't know. My heart's racing a little bit. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Let's talk through that, shall we? Sure. All right, you up for it? What, what about, um, what about, you're like, no, I might not be up for it, but let's do it anyway. So what, um, I don't know. I've just like listened to you like so much the last couple months that like, I've had like a conversation with you in my head so many times and now I'm like, oh my gosh, what if it doesn't come out right? So, oh, okay. Wait a minute. So a conversation in your mind, like walking through this moment or just other things? Um, a little bit like sometimes like when I'm listening to you talk to other people I like kind of thought about like how our conversation would go okay let's start <laughs> with that okay okay we'll introduce you in a few minutes I don't want to lose the thread here <laughs> plus you know your name will be in the show notes and stuff like that people will understand um yeah. okay what well what do you think's going to happen um, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to tell my story, but, um, I mean, I've heard you talk so many times that I know it's just going to be like a conversation, but I don't know. So you have no, gonna, you have no expectations of where it's going to go. Are you, are there things you're concerned about? No, not at all. But, um, I guess I have like the idea of my story in my head and I just hope it comes off right. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Are you from the Midwest? I am. <laughs> yeah, I heard it when you said no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, from like the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Chicago-ish. Uh, 
with my guess. I didn't want to be too specific. Um, but that's the, all right. Well, okay. Let's go slow. How old are you? I'm 31. Okay. Are you married? I am newly married. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Of course. Well, actually, oh my gosh, it's going to be a year next month. So I guess not that, I mean, it's still newly, but yeah. yeah. Stop playing that card, huh? I just got married. Still time to send a gift. <laughs> <laughs> There's still some uh, lemon coasters on my uh, registry. Nobody bought me. I, I love the lemons <laughs> on that coaster. Anybody? Anybody? Um, Long time sweetheart. Met him on Tinder. Met her on Tinder. Oh, what do we got? Uh, yeah. High, high school sweetheart. We've been together uh, for 15 years. Since 2007. Okay. Hold on. It's 2022. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just do something real quick. Yeah, we were together a long time. So you were together... That's a very long time. So if I subtract seven from 22, that's hard to do because you have to carry a one. So I'm going to subtract 10 instead and get me down to 2012 and then re-add set three. Does that, or I don't, yeah, right? Yeah, so, so, so 15, 2015, right? you got together. No, 20, 2007. Seven, so 15 I years. Wrong, I went the wrong way. Oh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's okay. Never mind. 15 years and you got married today. Now, what happens in this? Is it Kim or Kimberly? How do you like it? Um, Either one's fine. Kim, listen, what are you doing to me? <laughs> Pick one. <laughs> <laughs> I go by both. That's uh, actually a funny part. My family only calls me Kimberly, but then most of my like friends and coworkers call me Kim. Can I call you Kim? Yeah, that works. All right, great. All right, Kim. Were you holding out for somebody better? Why did you wait so long? <laughs> um. I, mostly on him, but uh, I mean, we were young. So, I mean, that adds to the time. And then we went to college. He went to law school and then he didn't propose until after law school. And like he went, you know, we wanted to just do everything on our own. So like he wanted to buy the ring on his own. And so it just took him some time. But I mean, we were <laughs> we just had a good relationship the whole time. So it really didn't seem to matter too much. But then we had a COVID wedding. So we had to postpone a year. So that added a year on too. You finally pulled it together during a pandemic. Exactly. Great time. <laughs> be, you don't need to be honest with me, but it'll be more fun if you are. At times during the process where you just like, dude, just let's, what are you doing? Like get to it? Or were you happy with the pace? Um, I would say like the last year leading up to the proposal, I definitely was like, all right, come on, is it going to be this weekend? Like, <laughs> and I would, you know, ask him like, all right, ready, let's go. <laughs> was there ever? Yeah, for the most part, I was, I was fine with it. Did you ever have any concern that it wasn't going to happen, that you'd wake up one day and be like, oh, great, I'm 36 and this guy just left me? Uh, no, not at all. Okay. Well, then I yeah. see being, well, then, then good for you. And now you probably have your own little, like, do you have like a, a career, a job, or what do you, you don't yeah. have to tell me Yeah, I'm are. a nurse. Okay. I'm a nurse. So, I mean, we, I feel like looking back, like we definitely did it the right way because we, um, we have like a nice house we bought on our own and we have, um, you know, we both have good careers. We have nice savings. We were able to do a like wedding the way we wanted to a honeymoon the way we wanted to that any of that wouldn't really have happened if we, you know, just got married younger. Yeah. So you have plenty of good stuff to split up when you get divorced. Exactly. Yeah. That's excellent. <laughs> what a great thing to look forward to. Are you already looking around the house thinking like, Ooh, I want that table. <laughs> How's the first year going is what I mean. 
Um, actually, it's it's going great relationship-wise, but it's been a very interesting year for me personally. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> um, it was a very interesting first year of marriage. All right. Are you not going to tell me why? No, I mean, that kind of goes into like my whole story. Oh, oh, look at Kim. I didn't know you were producing. Okay, hold on. (laughs) That's excellent. We'll go with your thought. All right, so let's do this first. You're Kim. You're from Chicago. You're 31. How old were you when you got type 1 diabetes? 27. That's four years ago. That math I can do for some reason. (laughs) Yes, it was four years ago. But I think the unique part and the part that like kind of goes back to me saying the last year or first year of marriage was difficult was um, I only really started on short acting insulin um, in September. So not even a year ago. Oh, so you had a very long honeymoon. Did they call you Lada or did they tell you you were type? Yeah. So they called me Lada and yeah, I guess it was a honeymoon, Um, but it was definitely prolonged by myself. (laughs) Um, And what did you do? A lot of cinnamon? burpees no seriously how how did you No, i did a i did like low carb like extremely low carb and a lot of exercise i mean i was on metformin Mm -hmm. and then i also was on lantus so i wasn't like completely like on nothing right um but yeah i was not on short acting insulin until september when i finally was like i can't do this anymore so you drove your body like an electric car that had 20 percent left Pretty much. Yeah. You're like, I'll just go real slow and see how far I can get. And and that and that you feel like you had an impact on it. I did. Yeah. And um my doctor would tell me, like, oh, it's gonna happen at any time. Like, you know, your pancreas is eventually gonna stop. And I kind of like knew that I was like prolonging it. So it kind of felt like a like a failure kind of if I didn't keep my sugars where they were at, like on my own, because I kind of really resisted the type one diagnosis. Not that I didn't think it was accurate, but I just didn't want it because it is a whole different lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Did you begin to have what they call magical thinking? Like you were having more of an impact on it than you were, or were you pretty consistent in understanding the reality of it? No, I definitely um, was actually managing it. Like my A1Cs were like in the fives. um, And, but I just wasn't like, at the time I thought I was being healthy because, you know, I was active and I was eating healthy. um, But my body actually gave me signs that I wasn't actually healthy. um, And it just got to be to, um, well, I mean, I know you talk about Arden's period, so I'll just feel comfortable saying it. Okay. Um, I lost my period for like over a year. Oh, so that was like one sign that, you know, obviously my body wasn't getting enough nutrients or everything it needed to right, have balanced hormones. Okay. And did it actually come back at some point? Um, it came back in December. So in September when I was like, okay. I'm married now. I can't live this lifestyle. If I want to have kids, I'm going to have to have a period. And I kind of knew all along that, you know, to get a period back, I would have to stop my intense exercise. I would have to eat carbs. So then that's where it kind of all unraveled where I was like, okay, I need help. I need to go on insulin. 
I need to be able to eat normally. I need to like not have to work out because there was, I, I love exercise, but there were plenty of days in those years that I worked out to lower my blood sugar because I knew I was going to have more carbs than, you know, a limited amount. And, or I knew like the night before I eat too much. So I would just like not eat breakfast, do like an intense workout. And that's how I kind of managed. And obviously my body didn't really respond well to that. I have two questions based on what you just said. How severe was your diet restriction? Um, I don't know. It's hard to like quantify. Like I like, I still look back and feel like I was pretty healthy. I was not starving myself by any means, Mm -hmm. but I ate so much like salads and protein. Like I had so much protein, a lot of like low carb yogurts, um, a lot of vegetables, um, fruit was like, yay, if I could have some fruit, but I didn't have any like substantial carbs for those four years. Like, did you find it restrictive or were you okay with it? Um, honestly, I feel like 80, 90% of the time I truly was okay, but I think I convinced myself like, oh, this is healthy. Like I'm eating like salads. I'm eating, like, I found so many like low carb options, like egg white wraps. And I mean, it's actually still stuff that I really like. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, like force feeding myself like this food. I enjoyed what I was eating and I was like eating a lot, but I just, none of it was carbs. And then I also kind of went a little bit like low fat too. Okay. Um, so, well, and I'm not yeah. insinuating that you, somebody can't eat low carb. I'm just trying to understand from your perspective, if this was something you were doing because you were like, I enjoy this. Or if you were doing it because you were like, I have to do this, or I'm going to get diabetes worse. And in that, in that kind of pressure that might come along with that, did you get super skinny? Were you ripped? How did it affect your body? Oh, Yeah, I was ripped. Like people were like, oh my gosh, I never looked like super skinny. Like um, I wasn't like anorexic looking. Um, My BMI was actually normal, but it was mostly muscle. Like I started working, like doing weight training and stuff too. But like on my wedding day, like my arms were just like super toned. Like that's what everyone said. Like, oh my gosh, what what do you do? Like, (laughs) you know, I just like, yeah, I was pretty in shape. I'm just here to embarrass this guy next to me. Look at these guns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, though, was like, you're getting two-toned. Like, and like when I started gaining weight back, just like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, look at somebody. Now somebody has an opinion. Not about make getting married. Daddy was okay drifting through. I, I see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but then I kind of went in the opposite extreme a little bit. Because I think once I started eating carbs and fat, my body was like, ooh, what's this? I'm going to hold on to it. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, so you found a balance, your period came back. Um, did management get more difficult at that point? So it just like completely changed. Like I felt like I described it as kind of being re-diagnosed mm-hmm. <laughs> because like now I had to learn like this whole new thing of, you know, insulin and mealtime insulin and spikes and highs and lows. Like I really didn't have many lows. Like it wasn't like a concern on me. Like I didn't bring like lows, like treats with me everywhere I went. Like I was never really that worried about it. And then like highs, I kind of knew like it was based off of something I did like, Oh, you know, I 
ate a carb heavier meal that night. So now it was, you know, this time where it was like, okay, I really, um, have to find out this whole new management. Yeah, sure. No, it starts over again. I mean, you're not being helped by, um, a slow onset. You are not, Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not being helped by ultra low carb or all the benefit you get from the crazy working out. So, and did your workouts go back? I mean, they must have, right? If you softened your body up a little bit, and I mean that like in a, I probably mean that in a way you're not supposed to say in 2022, but like you kind of (laughs) feminized your body a little more, right? Like classically. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually just like completely stopped working out for a month. Um, because I was so fed up with like not getting my period back. Um, cause yeah. I was like a couple months in to trying, you know, eating the carbs and fat and then still not getting it back. And then it's funny because it's kind of like you in the sense of like diabetes management, I found like online, I also found like, it's called like period recovery. Like I found that online too. And that's how I ended up getting my period back as compared to like, I went to a gynecologist. I went to my endocrinologist. I said, Hey, I'm not getting my period. Like this is abnormal. They decided to like, just put me on the pill. I mean, they did a lot of tests and all of them were like essentially normal. Mm -hmm. Um, so they were really no help. They're like, just keep monitoring, like here, go on the pill. And I just knew that wasn't right. So I kind of found my own way to recover. Okay. Um, Hmm. What, when your period finally came back, were you like, oh, oh, this, I remember this. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't want, I didn't want this part back. <laughs> no, I was like so happy about really? it for a while. Nice. I, yeah, because I was just like, I felt accomplished that I like got it back. Good for you. Did you tell friends? Yeah. Be honest. Did you text one person? You're like, oh my God, my period today. This is so exciting. Oh, yeah. I texted several people. <laughs> I, well, three, my mom, my sister, and then actually my sister-in-law. So they all kind of knew what I was going through. So I was really happy when I got it. (laughs) Difficult too, right? It wasn't easy. I'm not, I'm, I don't making light, but it's a, it's a serious situation. Exactly. And um, I just knew like, obviously having kids on my future was like something I really, really want. So it was kind of like feeling like I was, that wasn't going to happen if I didn't figure this out. Kim, are there other um, autoimmune issues in your family line? Um, not really at all. Um, my dad's cousin does have type one. So I guess, yeah, but you know, when someone's like distant from you, you just don't feel like, like it doesn't count. It counts. Yeah, exactly. For this podcast, it counts. Um, (laughs) do you have any other stuff, uh, celiac or hypothyroidism, Hashimoto, stuff like that? No. And I've been tested for a lot of it too. Do you have other issues that you were, that you would you were trying to get tested to find out what was going on or well, is it just it all part of related the... to my eating habits, but like no yeah. doctor really realized that, but like I would have like bloating, but that was usually because of like constipation because I wasn't getting like Any enough fiber. nutrients. And then like my thyroid, like they just tested a lot of things with like my period missing. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, so are you, are you here to tell us that you poop more regularly now? <laughs> I do, which is also another exciting thing, actually. Well, you're damn right. It just it makes is. me feel normal, actually, though. Hey, you know what? Plus, yeah. not not for nothing. Everybody could use a break once a day or more. It depends on your situation, I guess. Where you just go in a room and close the door and you're by yourself for a second. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you're like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom, but this is great because I can get away from all these people. 
oh, okay. Well, all right. Um, what do you? How do you manage now? Like before, it was just this lantus, the metformin, the exercise, the you know, etc. But what are you doing in the in in present day? Um. So I'm on an Omnipod, and I actually just started looping, and I listened to all of your tips, so I feel like your management style is mine, and I work with Jenny, so I kind of just, like, went all in, but that's kind of my personality. I just, when I, like, have something that I want to accomplish, I just go all in. Oh, well, I mean, I think that's obvious from the exercise thing, because if you told me, I know myself, Kim. If you said to me, if you work out like a fiend and eat nothing but salad and chicken, we can slow down this diabetes thing by three years. I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure I could do all that. Um, and part of it is my age, too. Like, I don't know if my body would keep up with rigorous exercise, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, uh-huh. I tried to start riding a bike six months ago and ended up having knee surgery. So I'm just allowed to start oh, riding my bike again. I bought this bike. It's lovely, right? <laughs> And I put uh-huh. it, I put it behind me. It's literally right behind me. I had a space in the office. I'm like, I'm going to put the bike there. Every once in a while, I'm going to get up from this desk. I'm going to ride this bike. I do that. And then my knee starts to hurt. And then uh-huh. I had to have surgery. And now my knee doesn't hurt anymore. And I think my, I think they're going to clear me in a couple of days to go back to like my regular activity. Right. Um, so <laughs> you were in a different situation. Plus you had a lot of pent up frustration from this boy who would not ask you to marry him for 15 years. I'm guessing. <laughs> Exactly. exactly. I focus my attention somewhere else. <laughs> Did anything happen? Did your relationship shift after you got engaged? Was there like uh, any, I, I don't want to say this like this because I, did either of you have that feeling like, Oh good. It's over now. I can relax. Um, no, not that I, and that's not standing out to me. So I feel like, no, no. Um, okay. Well, we just went right into wedding planning, but then COVID hit. And then we postponed. Yeah, no, nothing really changed. Gotcha. And you did you eventually have an in-person wedding where people got to come? We did. We did it last July, which was kind of like a sweet spot of like no more mask mandate and no more restrictions before what was that, the Omicron or whatever came back. So we can't we we didn't have to make any adjustments for what we wanted. Any chance you did it on my birthday, the twelfth? Oh, no, July 3rd. Uh, all right, that's fine. Oh, July 4th weekend. Turned it into a whole thing. Uh-huh, exactly. Mm, I see what you did there. Okay. All right, so is the conversation going anything like you expected so far? Yeah, I feel like I've talked about a lot of the stuff I thought I would. Good. Are you happy so far? Yeah. Have you, has your nervousness? I feel like way more relaxed. I was right? going to say, has your nervousness subsided? When you have diabetes and use insulin, low blood sugar can happen when you don't expect it. Gvoke Hypopen is a ready-to-use glucagon option that can treat very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with theochromocytoma or insulinoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. One of the first things I do every morning is take AG1 from Athletic Greens. You could do this as well. You could build a foundation for better health with AG1. 
Use my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box to get started today. When you do, you'll also unlock an offer to receive a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. That's on top of your AG1. Come on. AG1 supports immunity, boosts energy, helps recovery, and promotes gut health. I take it because I'm afraid that my diet doesn't quite include all of the vitamins and nutrients that it should, and AG1 helps me to feel better every day. I tried a handful of other green drinks before coming to AG1. Uh, one of them, I won't mention the name, tasted like what I imagined feet would taste like if you made it into a drink. AG1, however, goes down nice and easy, and my palate is hard to uh, get along with, so that really is saying something. AG1 from Athletic Greens contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anythings. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills or supplements to look out for your health. Of course, to make it easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do to get that offer is visit my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. Once again, athleticgreens.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com to AG1 and all the sponsors. It has, for sure. Be honest with the people listening. I'm famous to you. Is that correct? You are. <laughs> and now I'll be honest with the people listening. Kim, that's ridiculous. You should not feel that way. <laughs> like no, just... I'm serious. Like, no. I'm probably like a super fan. I probably, I listened to all 700 episodes in like four months. I used to listen to it at like two times speed so I could like <laughs> get through them all. Kim. And now I like still go back and listen. And I listen in different podcast apps just so that I can get you more uh, listeners. <laughs> Kim. Now we're getting to something. This is how everyone should be. All right. Did you have to quit your job to do this or were you able to do it with your job? <laughs> no, it's literally like all I did on my free time as I grocery shop, worked out, uh, anything, dishes, um, anything. I just was constantly listening to you. Wow. But it kind of like consumed me because I think like this Christmas, I don't even remember it that much. I didn't listen to much Christmas music at all. And I love Christmas music, <laughs> but I always had the podcast on instead. <laughs> I'm the reason you didn't hear Perry Como this year. Exactly. No. Maybe Christmas Day I heard it, but that's about it. <laughs> I killed Perry Como. Ooh, ooh, Kim. That could be your yes. episode title. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I killed Perry Como could be your episode title. I don't know what that means. Sure you do. Perry Como, he sings all of your favorite Christmas songs that you don't realize because he's he's 100,000. He's probably dead. Hold on a second. You really don't know who this is? I know. Right. I'm really bad with this, but don't don't worry. I'm sure if I hear it. <laughs> white Christmas. Do you love a white Christmas song, an old oh, standard? Oh, oh yes. I guarantee it's going to be Perry Como. Hold on a second. Definitely. It's definitely him. He's probably sang, sung, uh-oh, sung. He probably sung most of your, like, favorite, like, Christmas standards. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> Unless, are you more of like a Sia person? Do you like that Sia Christmas album is incredibly good? I'm more of a Mariah Carey and Celine Dion Christmas person. Oh, okay. Have you ever tried the Sia Christmas? No, I don't think so. Please, in honor of me, try it next year. Okay, yeah. I will. Okay. Um, but that means I won't be listening to your podcast around Christmas. Well, you're pretty caught up. <laughs> so you should have a <laughs> tiny bit of free time. I actually would like to talk about that for a minute, if you don't mind. I just sure. saw another person online uh, get on the Facebook page and celebrate that they were caught up. This person was like, I just listened to episode 698. I am caught up. And I thought, wow. My first thought was, I'm very touched. Uh, my second thought was, I wonder how helpful it was to them. And... Um, my 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 next thought was I hope the advertisers know this is happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they buy more advertisements, and we can keep making the podcast. But um, how valuable was it? Let's let's split it up a little bit. I'm assuming you found it um, supportive in a community such like sense. Um, yeah, for sure. Because I don't really know any other type ones or like talk to type ones, so. Definitely listening to other people's stories helps a lot. But I for sure started with, um, what? oh my gosh, um, like the defining diabetes and the pro tips. Okay. So I kind of, I listened in a very weird way. I feel like I started with those. And then like, sometimes they would lead into like another episode that was just like the interview. And then like, I don't know, I jumped over around like, a bunch. And then once I was like narrowing down to only like some not listen, I started like from the beginning. Did you have an experience ever? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. I was going to say it was like interesting that like I did not start it like episode one. So like going back and like listening to those were kind of like interesting, like to hear how it's like evolved from the beginning. Yeah, for sure. Did you ever find an op- uh, a situation where you looked at an episode and you thought, I don't think I care about this, but you listened anyway? Um, I think there was like a couple that I was like not super like interested in, but I listened to them 100%. Still worth your time? Oh, yeah, they for sure still worth my time because you just get a different perspective and then you usually would throw in a little bit of management in each one. So uh, I do do that, don't I? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I'm very happy to hear that. Also, I think the way you listened is not uncommon. I think uh, many people come through. Did you come through the Facebook page? No, no. I really don't know exactly how I found you. <laughs> okay, well, so but some people do that. They hear about this thing uh, that has these pro tips, and then you kind of you know do the defining stuff because I mean you get your terms straight. And then you go to the pro tip series because you're looking for management. And then hopefully it leads you to more stuff and you find stories that you help. And then there's management. Um, I don't know even how to, to say it. Like people tell their stories or I, you know, recant something that happened to us. And you can kind of pick it up through conversation. I find easier than it being like just jammed down your throat. It, I, to me, like I love the pro tip series. I love the define. I love all the series, actually. But I think if the podcast was just those, I don't think it would be as valuable. I agree. I think listening to like the interviews and stuff like really makes it very interesting. Like I've tried other podcasts and like it's just way too like interview style. Like, oh, thank you for saying that and like stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I can't listen to this. I'm so like bored. Kim, I don't want to I don't want to slow you down here. But do you 
need to badmouth any other diabetes podcast, it's okay if you do it. Just not by name. <laughs> I mean, just, I can't. No, no, no. Just be, just be vague. They're terrible. Mine's great. Something like that. Whatever you think. Don't let me put words in Exactly. Off. I mean, I can't even get through some of the episodes. I just have to turn them off. What a review. Okay, great. So uh, <laughs> I am thinking one time somebody sent me a review that they um, saw for another podcast. And the review is hilarious. And it still pops into my head sometimes. It's I don't I don't openly root for people's failure. I don't feel that way. I, I genuinely don't. Um, I just want to beat them on my own terms. But I, I'm not <laughs> looking for people to, to fail. Uh, I just want to win. I hope you understand the difference, Kim. <laughs> so, no, um, y- y- so well, you're th- definitely winning, I think. <laughs> you know, Kim, let's not brag. But yeah. Okay. And so, um, <laughs> so, uh, so this review is just, it's so funny. I, I, I'll share it with you when we're done recording. Cause it's like, I'll, okay. I'll see if I can dig it up afterwards. Maybe I wrote it. <laughs> Would that be something? You'd be like, oh my God, I wrote that. I'm just kidding. No, no. I usually don't write reviews, but. <laughs> this was a couple years ago. I honestly don't think that you would have had diabetes when this happened. That's how long it's stuck in my head for. Um, anyway, I appreciate you saying nice things. Um, and I'm glad, and I'm just, I mean, being serious, I'm glad that the podcast worked for you. There, listen, there are plenty of people who could follow the path you followed and won't jive with me. And, it, and they might not, you know, they might not have the same experience. I'm completely aware of that. Um, but I'm glad that you had that experience. So what did it lead you to do? Like how did, cause you're, you're a nurse, you said? Yeah. I'm what, a kind, nurse. what kind of a nurse? Um, I work in the cath lab. So where they do like angiograms of like the heart and legs and oh. any arteries. Oh, okay. Super exciting, Kim. Um, and so, yeah, so if someone has a heart attack, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> does it, does it, is, are you in pressure situations like that? Oh, yeah, because um, we'd have to take, like, call and stuff. So sometimes, like, I can get called in at, like, 2 in the morning and someone's, like, having a massive heart attack and I have to, like, go into work and... Feed a yeah. wire through a thing while somebody's yelling, Billy's grandpa is dying, Kim, do it. Like, something like, I'm sure that it's not, like, on television. But you have to actually feed a wire through something. Is that correct? I mean, I don't do that part. The doctor does. But I'm I'm the nurse, like, in the room giving, like, the medicines and, like, if something goes bad, like, doing CPR and, like, stuff like that. How often, not you, I'm saying, but how often do you see somebody push in bed and they go, oh, whoops, <laughs> does that ever happen? <laughs> like, wrong one? <laughs> uh, thankfully, no. Wow. I've never, I mean, I think I've heard of stories, but I've never experienced it. How do those situations impact your blood sugar does it go up um you know what i haven't really seen anything like that maybe like a little bit maybe like 20 points but nothing like a arrow up like type situation so are you sort of not focus on like and really pay attention to my blood sugar in those moments other than like i try to make sure i'm going into it not like low or going low yeah sure no that makes sense but so are you kind of um, by nature, a level-headed person, or does the job just make you be that way? Um, I think a little bit of a mix, but nurses definitely, like, after you've been through something a certain amount of times, maybe, like, the first couple of times you're nervous, but after that, you kind of just, it doesn't seem as, like, scary or intense when you've done it a couple of times. Hmm. So you don't have a bunch of adrenaline going while you're doing it? No, for the most part, no. Well, that's kind of 
comforting to hear, if I'm being perfectly honest, as a person who expects to have a heart attack one day. I um... Yeah, no, <laughs> but it, it has a lot to do too with like the doctor in the rooms. Cause if, I mean, the best scenarios I've seen is when like the doctor is really calm and just able to like give orders and everyone else kind of just stays calm too. It's like, we all know what we have to do and you could only like do so much. So it's like, you just have to do it without like panicking and like running around. So if the doctor stays calm, then everything usually goes pretty smoothly. As the doctor goes, the situation goes. Exactly. It's interesting. And are some doctors panics like newer doctors or I guess probably more? Yeah. Than, yeah. I've definitely seen that too. Yeah. Well, not all doctors are equal. <laughs> definitely not. I, 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 yeah, let's not get into that, but yeah, that's definitely true. Um, yeah. I mean, not anybody is equal, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you find the podcast at what point in your management? So where are you when you start listening? Are you still working out hard, eating low carbs? Have you made the switch? Where do you find yourself? Um, I found you like, I think at the end of October. So I started like insulin in like the middle of September because I kept telling my um my endocrinologist that I would be like really high in the morning, which was like new for me. And then she put me on a Libre, um, which I was very reluctant to go on. Cause at this time I just like, didn't really like want to accept, you know, Diabetes. all this. So yeah. wearing something was not like exciting for me, but I was like, okay, I just got to do this just to see like what's happening overnight or why I'm high in the morning. And then she put me on like a really low dose sliding scale. Like if it greater than 150, give a unit. And then if it's like 225, like, I don't know, just really. So then I kind of like, before I even found you, it was a little bit bold with insulin where like, I just, I knew better that I needed more, Mm -hmm. I mean, safely, but I just kind of was like, okay, well now I have insulin and I'm just going to start using it. But um, yeah, I think I was on the Libre for like a couple of weeks and I was just, it was the whole roller coaster thing. And I'm like, was just frustrated. I'm like, I don't know what I'm like, what I'm doing. And then I found you and things really started to smooth out. Cool. Can I ask a little bit about the not wanting to wear the Libre or a device in general? It, does it stop you from being able to kind of consciously or subconsciously pretend that you don't have diabetes? Um, yeah, it definitely was. a That was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I still like don't wear I'm not one of those people with them like and they're mostly like on my stomach or my low back. Um, I'm still not like loud and proud that I'm type one, but like a lot of people in my life don't even know, but I love my devices so much that I'm getting to the point where I'm about to like show them off. Or like when I talk to someone about it, like I'm super excited to show them and be like, oh, this is what I wear now. And this is what I do, but it's just not like an open thing. It's got to be like the right person and timing, I guess. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I'm happy for you. Like that, yeah. that really is great. So you're getting more comfortable, uh, going to show more people, uh, use the word proud. That was great. So, yeah. I mean, I, that, that sounds like a, like an obvious trajectory to me. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, uh-huh. I mean, little kids are more like, I got a thing. Look at it. It's stuck to my arm. You know what I mean? But adults, yeah. I mean, gosh, you were 27. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like it was like, it's a whole new life, you know, I yeah. knew life a whole different way. So 
and you're incredibly you're incredibly patient which we know for sure because you waited for you know so long to get engaged so you (laughs) you're like i can wait this out no problem (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh did did your diagnosis impact your relationship at all or did you find yourself concerned that it would um, I definitely found myself concerned that it would, I think it like kind of impacted like all my relationships. I, that like upset me for a while. Cause I just felt like I like had this 180 like flip and my life was like completely different. And then it's like, everyone else took a while to like catch up with me or like, I just kind of felt like a different person. So like, I felt like it just changed my relationships. Um, my husband, I, he's like always been like the best person as far as like understanding it. He's pretty smart when it comes to like medical things, like he gets diabetes, like Mm -hmm. he understands like the amount of effort from my management. Um, But he's also been the person that struggled the most with like, it really, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but He's it like it upsets him. That's what like um How it so? really upset him, like the diagnosis. Like he just doesn't want this for me. He know he's like seen me struggle like a lot with it. And right. I'm like a little bit of a perfectionist. So like I need it to be perfect. So like when I'm not, I I'm like upset and down and like, it's hard for him to like see me have yeah. to deal with all this. And he knows how much effort I'm putting into all this. And it just really like, he just, it makes him sad. No, I understand how you feel, uh, how he feels when, um, when my wife and I were more newly married when we were younger, like if she had a problem at work, I was like, do you need me to go beat someone? Like, what do you need? You you know what I mean? Like, I I see how hard you're working. I love, you know what I mean? Like, it's the same feeling really. Like, I know you don't want it to go this way. I wish I could do something. Like, obviously I couldn't go to an office. I mean, I guess I could have, but I wouldn't have, you know, like gone to an office and like intimidated somebody. But I felt like that. And your husband probably feels similar, except there's no one to intimidate, right? There's not even anybody to yell at. It's, um, yeah, you know, it's yeah, a, there's really like nothing he can do. He just wishes that I didn't have right. to. Yeah, it's an that. idea you're, you're mad at, really. I mean, it's a reality, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a faceless entity that you're, that you want to, you know, take by the shoulders and shake. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I get how he feels. Did you worry for him or were you too busy in your own kind of like mixed upness to be concerned about other people around you? No, I worried for him a lot. And it was kind of like, I took it on myself to like worry for him. And then I like, didn't include him in a lot of things or like thoughts or feelings I was having because I was trying to like protect him from being like even more sad. (laughs) Um, but I've like worked through a lot of that. Um, I, (laughs) once again, I jumped all in with like everything and I got a therapist too. I'm like, I don't really need one, but you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to like, just get a therapist Mm -hmm. and but it's actually like been so great um she's helped me a lot like just realize things about myself and why I feel certain ways and she's helped me a little bit with like you know opening it up more with my husband and just um not taking like not trying to protect him so much from 
feelings that I think he's going to have. Yeah. And the more I have opened up, I do realize that he, he can handle it. It's just me always trying to like foresee like his emotions and then like protecting him from them. Yeah. I understand that too. Well, I, I think that's a positive step very much. So it's, um, yeah. it's crazy, right? Trying to manage your thing and another person's thing. When I was, was talking about this, the podcast is so strange. I, I was talking because things come up and um, they seem to come up when I'm recording. Maybe I'm subconsciously directing conversations that way. Anyway, <laughs> I was talking yesterday with, with somebody about, you know, I, I kind of made concentric circles um, and I laid them over top of each other, like those intersecting, you know, those little diagrams. I don't know if they're uh-huh. called, what kind of diagrams they are. but Pen, were, pen diagrams, I think. What right? are they called? Pen diagrams? I don't know. Like two little circles, they overlap, and you kind of see yeah, where two different yeah. things intersect in each other's lives, right? And we yeah. were talking about how how you're having these experiences with another person, and you're doing your best from your perspective to read what they need or want. But they don't, you know, most of their circles not overlapping with your circles. So they're having an entirely different experience away from you. And they may have other circles overlapping in that place. And, you know, they, they know people that you'll never intersect with. They have relationships and experiences and struggles and successes that you never see, even though you're very close to them. And then you're trying to, I was going to say manage, but you're trying to interact with them in a way that you think is most positive when honestly you don't even know the people you're around constantly as well as you believe you do. And so it's up to them to share that stuff so that your relationship can be more complete. And that is what you're talking about. Um, But nobody does that mainly because who would think to, you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. I agree completely. Yeah. I definitely like, put too much thought into what he thought about instead of just letting him deal what he thinks about and just, you know, saying what I need to or doing what I need to. Right. Because you're never going to be completely aware of the other things that intersect his life. You can't be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have to give it to him and he'll sort it out. And if it becomes a problem for him, then he has to deal with that in his time. But if you don't have those communicative moments they'll become both of your problems in the future. Exactly. Yeah. That was yeah. a lot of gobbledygook talk, but I think it made sense. It made complete sense to me. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. Thank you. <laughs> Kim, I love you. I really appreciate it. Back when you said you listened to all the episodes, I was done. I, I would send you a certificate of completion if I had one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should get, like, biggest supporter certificate. <laughs> Do you think I should have like a digital certificate made up that says I've listened to all the episodes of the juice box podcast and send them to people? Yeah, I would hang that up in my house. I believe you might. I appreciate that too, Kim. <laughs> Thank you. Much. Maybe I'll just turn it into a t-shirt so I can profit from it. How would that be? <laughs> I would buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want people to, I don't really make that much money off those shirts. <laughs> it's not like you know, I don't that want- is- that is one thing that I have not looked into yet. I've done everything else. I've gotten the Omnipod, the Contour Next One at Dexcom, done the survey for slipping my mind what it's I've done everything. T1D but I did exchange. You did the T one D exchange survey and you I and did. you and you used Jenny. Use Jenny too, right? I do. oh yeah, I got Jenny. <laughs> I think it's obvious to people, but it's the unspoken part of my relationship with Jenny. Like Jenny doesn't 
work for me. I don't pay Jenny to make these podcasts with me. Um, but you know, it's not, we're not unaware that she may attract customers. So, you know, yeah. And she was extremely hard to get into. I only got lucky because I used like the side of it that, which, I mean, it wasn't a lie. It's true. I want, I went to her cause I'm, um, like when I want to have kids, I want her to help me manage that. So they yeah. were able to get me in with her. But it, it, other than that, like it was like very hard to like to get in with her. Yeah, I sort of um the podcast kind of ruined Jenny in a way. Like um sort of like <laughs> dating a like a superstar and then you know you break up and then the next guy's just the guy you met at the gym and you're like, uh, oh, this is <laughs> it's not gonna work out. Like I already might, you know, I I I think we elevated Jenny uh to a point where it's hard to get in with her now. Yeah, she's yeah. awesome though. Yeah. Like, I'm so happy I invested in that because she's just, she's been that like final like step where like, you know, my management's pretty good, but then there's like just like certain like final touches that like she helps she me like help adjust her. things. And I kind of like see where the adjustment might need to be, but I don't know exactly what to do. And yeah. she's awesome. And I used the wrong word a moment ago. I said, elevate. Like we, I just, I was able to shine a light on her. So more people could see her. That's all she, she's yeah. who she is. Well, without me, you know what I mean? Um, but, yeah. but uh, you know, just not everybody can know. And the podcast has a, a pretty, throws a pretty wide net. So people can, uh, who maybe never would have known about her uh, can learn about her. So I'm, I'm yeah, really I would have never known. Of course so not. I appreciate you for that. What are my shots here? Like my chances, give me a percentage of getting a baby named Scott out of this. <laughs> uh, I had a feeling you'd ask that. Um, I don't know. I'll have to convince just my husband, no. but, just you. Just say no. Just say, I'll say possibly. How about a cat? Can I get a cat? I'm not a cat person, yeah. but maybe a dog. I'm not either. I mean, I'll take a dog. It's fine. No, never <laughs> mind. Will you get a license plate that says juice box on your car, maybe? I would. <laughs> you know, like eight people have done that. Really? Yeah, it freaks me out. I love it. But it's it's like I have pictures here from all over the country of people who got juice box license plates. They just like the letters say juice box? Yeah, in some way. Uh, oh. Yeah. And they sent, you know what? May I say this here? Because I think the person who wrote the article listens to this. So um, it's I, I'm not bothered by it, but there was an article written by a, a pretty big diabetes blog that said, look, people are so like connected with like diabetes that they're getting juice box license plates. And the point it, it was for the podcast. It wasn't just about diabetes. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. there was part of me when I read it. I was like, mm, all right, it's OK. And I just didn't. I, I mean, listen, I don't really care. But um but those people got those, you know, they sent them to me personally, and then they put them up on social media. They 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 got them for the podcast, which I was really touched well, there by. There might be some people listening to this that might be mad that I said I'm your biggest supporter, I think. <laughs> you might have to, what if we have to have a UFC-style fight club situation one day where you guys all fight to see who is the biggest fan of the show? it's <laughs> funny i'll bring bananas and juice boxes so that everybody can stay on their game and really get in there and fight my son by the way thinks it's he's freaked out that there are license plates for the podcast <laughs> like I, I see him look at me like why do people care about you like I, it's it's funny while while you're you don't understand because you don't have kids yet but 20 years from now you will completely understand this um but it's uh it's funny to watch him look at me and try to regulate in his mind that someone would care what I say. <laughs> it's, you know, it's a little disturbing, but anyway, it's all part of having kids. Um, 
All right, so you're really not that far into diabetes. You said in an October you found the podcast, maybe? Yeah, what, end of October. So what made you reach out so quickly to be on the podcast then? Well, that's the funny thing is that I literally just listened to mostly like the pro tip episodes and I was just like so inclined to thank you because this was like my first like sense of relief. Like I'd been messaging my doctor. I've been getting no like guidance of like, how can I make this better? I knew like it could be better and I just couldn't figure it out. And then your episode just helped me like so much that I was like, I don't do this, but I have to reach out and tell him, thank you. And I told you a little bit about my story and then you responded like to come on the show. And I was so like, what? I was like, is this real? And I didn't even like, but then as I started listening to the rest of the episodes, I was like, Oh, people do this. People thank him all the time. Like I had no clue. I was just like I was not trying to get on the podcast or anything. I was like, even kind of like, why would I be on the podcast? But then I was like, oh, it's like so many months away. Maybe I'll just sign up and see where I am when that time comes around. And then here I am. <laughs> and you actually showed up. That I I say this all the time. The um when people are there, like I never miss a recording. And I would say that with the exception of one or maybe two a year no one misses their recordings and yet they're six months out. So it takes from the time you say to yourself, I'm going to try to be on this podcast to when it goes live is a year. And yeah, yeah. it was November. Right. And now it, it's June. It's June. It takes six months to actually get to your recording date and then six more months to actually get live. Um, and that's part of the process really, because if you're actually here on the day when I open the microphone up, you really want to do this. And yeah. that that's why you don't get a whole lot of episodes where you're just like, eh, this is like sucks. You, you know what I mean? Like it's people who really have something to say. They've put effort into getting to it. And uh, that's sort of part of my plan. But when you sent your original note, you just had so many interesting aspects that obviously you didn't know were interesting, but I thought were the lot of diagnosis, like the slow onset. Definitely people need to hear about that. Um, you know, that you didn't know what you're doing, but you were a nurse and that you had to go to a podcast when you're in a giant building full of doctors is interesting. You, you know? Oh, yeah. The hospital setting, like, just it has no idea about type 1. Right. It's very interesting. I mean, all I knew, too, was sliding scale. If blood sugars are above 150, then you give whatever the, their sliding scale is. Mm -hmm. um, I do have to say majority of the patients I dealt with, because I did do like the bedside nursing, it's called for four years. So I dealt with like a lot of type twos and like the amount of people's blood sugars I would check, they'd be like 200. And like the people wouldn't even like flinch. And then they would just eat their lunch before I even came in with insulin. And like, that's kind of like all I knew about diabetes right. and like management and stuff. Yeah. Hospital management is not about being healthy. It's about staying reasonably lower if you can it's it's interesting how in the one place you know it's a conundrum in your head when you look at it right because in the one place in the world you imagine somebody would just be like like a ninja with insulin and just know exactly what to do is is kind of the last place and and that's why yeah hear, and that's everyone's why definitely scared of insulin like in the hospital like no one's trying to like bring blood sugars down like 
too far, like, too fast, know, too low. People like see like a 75 and they're like scared. Yeah. They give like a whole amp of like dextrose. I was like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were talking the other day, Jenny and I are making a new series that by the time your thing comes out, will probably be completed. Uh, but we're calling it um, Bold Beginnings. It's sort of like a, an overview for like really newly diagnosed people. And mm -hmm. uh, we were, I think we were going over this one example where uh, somebody with their two-year-old had experienced this like drift down to stability overnight and they were feeding the kid because they were like, oh my God. And I said, it's funny, if this happened to Jenny, she'd call me the next day and be like, look how good I am at this and send me a graph, <laughs> you, you know, but to a person who doesn't know what they're doing, it looks scary. Yeah. It's interesting. And I mean, I definitely, when I like started my own management, I felt that way too. But like from like doctors and stuff, you're kind of like not given that guidance that that's okay and normal. So it was like such a relief to like come across you and just be like reaffirmed that like the way I wanted to manage was the right way or like, you know, doable way. Yeah. Was there ever any, um, thought that you might invite me to the wedding. <laughs> I see. I didn't know about you till after the wedding. Oh, you want to do it again? Just invite me then. Uh, maybe. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I can't come by the way, but I appreciate the invitation. I'm very busy. <laughs> actually, I am too busy to come down. I'm too busy to leave this room, um, which is becoming a problem actually. Uh, just cause I, I keep looking up and thinking, I keep thinking like, oh, I'll get the podcast to this level and then I'll be able to hire somebody to help with something, right? And then it doesn't quite go that way. And people send me notes. I'll, do you know the most common note I get after thank you is please don't stop making the podcast? Oh, yes. I'll send you that one next. <laughs> right. And so I'm like, oh, I won't. Don't worry. But you have to support the podcast with ads. And so you have to make up and you have to make content. Like content is... I was going to say King, but that sounds like an 80s movie, like directed by the Coen <laughs> brothers, maybe. Um, and would the Coen brothers have been the 80s? They would have been the 90s. You know, you don't know who Perry Como is, so yeah. you don't know this either, so it doesn't no, matter. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, it, it's, a, it's a balancing act, right? Like, you want the podcast episodes to be interesting and valuable. And they have to come out frequently enough that they can support the ads, so that the ads can support the production of the podcast. Because that's how you scale. Like the other, like here, here's um, here's something I'm not afraid to say out loud. That, you know, the other podcasts might hear. You don't put up enough content, and they go once a week if you're lucky. Some go, you know, twice a month, once a month. Some some put out six or seven episodes, call it a season, and then take off for six months. Those yeah. are nice. Like that, that, that's fine. It's a way of doing it, but it's not a way to grow. And then there's this other thing <clears throat> that some podcasts do where they'll put out an episode a week and then a secondary episode that's like four or five, six minutes long because they're trying to bump up their download numbers so that they can sell ads, right? Because think about it. If you have a thousand subscribers and you put out an episode and every one of them listens, you get a thousand downloads. But if you just mm -hmm. throw out this little like throwaway five minute episode and those 1,000 people are subscribed, well, now suddenly your 1,000 people have created 2,000 downloads a month. You've doubled your downloads, but what have, you really, uh, what have you really given them? You know what I mean? Yeah, and you never do short episodes. I don't cheat you. So I give you, like, good, meaty stuff, 
and I do it like it's a real radio show. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like a radio disc jockey doesn't come on on Monday and can be, talk to you for three hours and then go, I'll see you next Monday. Like, well, what the hell am I going to do on Tuesday and Wednesday? And, and you know, and it's cool if you listen to Monday's show, but not Tuesday's show. I don't, I mean, yes, it breaks no, my I heart. No, I listen that, to them all. <laughs> well, Kim, you're an exception and exceptional. Um, but my point is, is that I don't expect for everyone to listen to everyone. I hope they do. And I actually think it would be valuable for them, but I don't expect it. I put stuff out there so that every week people have a choice and they can say, hey, you know what? I don't want to listen to the guy who's a parent of a kid and also an orthopedic surgeon. But I do want to listen to this lady, Monica, who's had diabetes since she was three and she's 61 years old now. I'll I'll listen to that one today. And then I like to do one episode with Jenny a week. And even that. It's not, it's not like I don't record with Jenny and then give you the episode. They're recorded like well in advance. They're thoughtful and considered and we have conversations about them. And I don't know, I've heard other people's podcasts and it seems like they turn the microphone on and just say whatever they're thinking. And I'm like, that's, you know, I don't plan in the, in the traditional way, but I plan in, you know, other ways. I'm not just talking to talk. And um, Mm -hmm. anyway, I hope that comes through. Point is. I need people to listen so that I can make more content that'll help more people so that the word spreads so that you, cause the idea of scope is to reach more people and help more people like you, because I've lost yeah. count. I've lost count of the people who have told me privately or on this podcast, some of the things that you said today. And, and that's heartwarming to know that, you know, people are in a good place and not where they, I mean, where would you be if you didn't find helpful information? I have no idea. I'd probably just be on um, roller coasters and very frustrated every day. Yeah. But now I can have my close to, I want to call them rolling hills and flat lines. And I mean, most days, not all the time. There's still ups and downs sometimes. But sure. for the most part, it's just like a peace of mind to be able to like eat what I want to eat and be able to just manage it. Mm-hmm. And do you find that, like, psychologically, are you in a calmer place, not just your blood sugar line calmer? Yeah, I think the two correlate a lot when, um, when I, you know, when you're up and down, you physically don't feel well, but mentally, it's just like exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand. So. I, I see it here. And I hear other people's stories. So um, I'm happy. I'm happy for you. I really am. It, it's funny, because recently, someone asked me to like I do a talk, I, I could do it in my sleep. It's like forty five minutes long. I could give it to you right now. If you said do the talk, I'd be like boom. I could pop right into it. <laughs> and it's not like I somebody asked me to give it to an organization privately, and I and I did. And days later, I sent a note and I said, "Hey, what did you think?" And it was given to somebody in the organization and some younger people who had diabetes. And the older person said, "Well, you know, you didn't really say much that I didn't know." And I said, "No, I." I recognize that you are you're steeped in this you you understand all this but these are the things that that people don't hear from doctors or or share with each other even when they sometimes figure out how it works and it's still great information it's it it really is it's not this you know it's not it's not where i don't know you know what i mean it's not where where a treasure's buried or anything like that um but but it's stuff that people need to know and nobody tells them. And when they do tell them, they often do it in a way that is so freaking boring that nobody can listen. And, you know, so I think that's what this did. But it was interesting. Yeah, I'm sorry. You hear okay. it all throughout your podcast. So it's like it just really like 
sits with you and it just, I don't know, it's easier to just incorporate it when you hear someone else like kind of just saying it as part of their daily life. Yeah. I, I I did say to the person, I was like, the talk's not meant to fix you. It's meant to make you interested enough to check out the podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I can't in an hour explain diabetes to you. I've done it before. I've said it to people who've had type one for so long that, you know, the talk kind of like connects a bunch of circuits for them and the, all the lights come on. I have seen that happen. But but for the most part, most it's just going to make most people think, huh, so that's possible. I should check into that. Y- y- you know, so anyway, I, I feel like it. I don't know. Th- this is the best format I can figure to do it. I agree. Thank you. What have we not talked about, Kim, that we should have? Um, I feel like we talked about mostly everything. I did have like a not bad experience, but like I changed my endocrinologist. Um, I guess just like talking about endocrinologists and like how sometimes they just don't really know how to manage and you have to like just find the right one. Um, I had an endocrinologist like the one that I was with for the three years, it's just like frustrating looking back that like, she didn't see that. Okay. She lost her period. Like she never looked into, like, I went to her for that and she checked my, like, you know, all these tests, but like never looked into, Hey, like, what are you eating? How are you staying in a five A one C with, with no short acting insulin? Like she never did any of that. She even like, she was always trying to like cut things back, cut my Atlantis back. She never, like, she put me on the Libre without like talking to me about like the Dexcom and I didn't really know enough yet. Mm-hmm. And then it was actually funny too. When I went on the Omnipod, I like just went through Omnipod. So they like, I guess they contacted her or whatever and got a prescription. I had the Omnipod at my house, went through training through integrated diabetes, had the pump on for like three days. And I get a message from her saying, Hey, um, I got a script that you want to start Omnipod. I don't know if that's the right pump for you. Um, we, and it was like a very like condescending, like email about like, that this isn't right for me. And I just, I was so upset because I was like already nervous about like, you know, being on a pump and trying to figure this all out on my own. And then she doesn't even know that like I'm on it already. Like, I don't know, but yeah, it just kind of frustrating. That was like a frustrating part of my management was to not have like this support from a doctor. Jenny said this to me recently. She said, you know, just because someone's an endocrinologist doesn't mean that they manage diabetes all the time. Yeah. And I was like, Oh geez, how did I never think of that? She's like, you know, endos do a lot of different things. You got to find a practice who, does diabetes. That's the first thing. And then the system, which is, listen, every system is really just people, right? And things get set up in a certain way. Nobody can, nobody can imagine everything the system needs, right? So a system gets set up and then you build onto it slowly. You add a piece, you add a piece. And before you know, years later, it's bastardized. It just, you're involved in this system that doesn't work. Everyone who uses it knows it doesn't work, but there's no way to fix it. You either have to blow it up and start over or live with it. And what you just described is people living in a, in a, in a system that's been added on to too many times. Like, how could you have the pump on and your doctor be like, hey, I hear you want to get a pump. 
Yeah, I was I was seriously shocked by that message. I just was like, another funny thing about her too was um, the first like it was like a Zoom meeting with her, and she was like looking at the my Libre, and she wasn't like happy with the amount of woes I was having, even though I wasn't having a lot. The Libre just like bounced around a lot, okay. and it counted like a sixty-seven is low, so I think my percent was like six percent low or something like that but I was never having like severe lows I was just you know would dip into the 60s sometimes before dinner um but anyways she pretty much like you know like did the whole like thread about insulin and how it could kill you and um she's not gonna be able to prescribe me medicine if like I have too many lows and then um, what's her plan? I, it was just, it was ridiculous. But, and then I just was like laughing to myself when I got off the phone with her, because I was like, this woman's so worried about my lows and she's never prescribed me glucagon. <laughs> <laughs> These lows are going to kill you, honey. <laughs> what are we going to yeah, do about it? Like, what are we going to do about it? Well, you can't have insulin. Yeah. And it's just so upsetting because I'm like the type of person that like, I want to like, you know, do the best. I want like A's. I want like to make the teacher happy. So like, even though like I can rationalize that I knew my management was fine. I knew I was not in any danger. Like I had the the CGM on. So like, I wasn't worried, but it's still like a bad feeling to like hear that from a doctor. And I feel like I, I felt i and being an adult, I'm like, whatever it is, what it is. But like, it made me feel bad for like these parents. And like, if they have that, when they have like a kid, I feel like that's just so like more traumatizing. And it's like, it's scary. I feel bad. Yeah, no, I mean, it's nice of you to be concerned for other people. And trust me, that's a, a common feeling around diabetes. When people figure things out, the next thought a lot of decent people have is, well, what about everybody else? But I mean, yeah. how how fascinating is it that her answer for stopping your lows was not giving you insulin? Yeah. You know, exactly. if you don't stop having these 67 blood sugars, I'm going to murder you. <laughs> oh, exactly. Right? Thanks a lot. <laughs> what a what yeah. a clear thinker, Kim. <laughs> yeah. So I, I found a new endocrinologist. Yeah. How long did I... it take you to actually leave? Um, well, I pretty much left quick because I mean, I stayed with her throughout this whole like honeymoon phase and then she prescribed the insulin in September and I got a, I saw her like one more time after that, tried to message her a couple of times in between about like still having highs in the morning. She was like no help at all until then I met with her in like January and that's when she gave me the low conversation and then by April I had a new endocrinologist Good for you. and she was she was awesome I mean I've only met her once so far um but she was happy with my management I was uh 5.3 and she didn't say anything about lows I mean she could see my Dexcom and she was like you're doing great and she gave me she gave me glucagon <laughs> she um so yeah, she was good. I am a little bit nervous though. Like I still do get like nervous about like, I don't know, like, so I started looping and I'm like, oh my God, I never talked to the endocrinologist about this. Like what, what am I going to tell her? Like, it's, I don't know. I don't know why I have those thoughts sometimes. What's the saying? It's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Isn't that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, there you go. All done. We're fixed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm so afraid that you're, uh, your episode is going to be called something about Paricomo, but eh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Let's see. Are you happy with how this went? 
Yeah, I'm extremely happy. I feel like we we talked about everything I wanted to talk about. Good. Sometimes I get letters from people afterwards like, I really should have said this. And I'm like, mm, it's okay. We said a lot. You don't need to say everything. It's fine. Exactly. You know, some people are like, I have to come back on. I'm like, mm, mm, no, you don't. You're good. <laughs> now that I think about it, though, actually, that might be a good title because this will probably come out around Christmas, right? See? Yeah. I killed Perry Como. It's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, Kim, I, uh, I, I thank you very much for coming on and doing this. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Um, and I hope that, you know, you didn't mind that we talked about your, your wedding and stuff like that to help you get, like, I was using that to calm you down. You know that, right? Oh yeah. No, I appreciate it. Okay. That it did calm me down. Plus and I just want to thank you again for all of everything you do, because I really wouldn't be where I'm at without you and your podcast. That's very kind. I appreciate it very much. You're you're welcome. I think I'm supposed to say you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I I, I I I'm trying. So I still struggle a little bit with it. Like you know, you're like, oh, that's nice. It, and what you mean is, thank you. Um, but yeah. thank you seems weird. So uh, why don't I just go the other way with sarcasm, Kim? You, I am terrific. I agree with you. How's that? I like your sarcasm. I feel like the first couple of times I heard it, I was like, not really sure, but I still like the episodes, but like people who complain about you, I just don't think that they've listened to enough episodes. If they listen to you and understand your sarcasm, then everyone would just love it. Are you saying to my wife that if she just listened to me, she'd be happier? It feels like that's yes. what you're getting at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you too. I'm going to play this part for, um, <laughs> no, no, but I, Listen, sarcasms, we went over it, right? It, the podcast is enjoyable for, I mean, listen, for a great many people. I can see the numbers. It's a lot of people. So um, it's, it's. I know it works. And you talked about how getting fed information in dry ways is, is hard to get through. And that when people are fake and phony, that's hard to listen to. Like, I know what you're talking about. It's those big voices like, oh, thank you so much. And you're wonderful. Oh, no, you're wonderful. And before you know yeah. it, like, we've been talking about how wonderful we are for three minutes. You're like, are we going to say anything substantial here ever, please? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, um, I'm going to stop the recording now, and then I'll find you that funny review about the other podcast. Okay, yes, All right. please. Hold on. <laughs> A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. I also want to thank Kim or Kimberly, it's up to you, and AG1 from Athletic Greens. Reminding you again, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Head over, get started. And if you're looking for community around diabetes, check out the private Facebook group, Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Who is Perry Como? Come on.